Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. And we have attorney Ernesto Borges, who is with Bill Busters. You better bust those bills. <laughs> bust those Go bills. to him yeah. <laughs> and take and make sure you get in contact with him. Uh, but he's been with us from the beginning yeah. uh, as yeah. a veteran, Vietnam, Vietnam veteran. veteran. We are proud and thank him for his service. Okay. And then uh, we have thank our executive you. producer, Glenda Smith, and we have a digital media producer, uh, Ivan Ortega, of the incredible Scouts Honor Productions. And uh, today we have a panelist, Bob Carnegie, a U.S. Army veteran and DAV first junior vice commander, Department of Indiana. He's here to talk to us about the 2021 Indiana DAV Chapter 17 updates. So the Disabled uh, American Veterans is uh, an incredible organization that helps each of us uh, as we're going through with our disability claims and looking at what it means to be disabled as a veteran in this United States of America. Okay, how are you doing, Bob? I'm doing just great. How are you guys doing? Oh, great, great. Uh, I'm having fun today. I have a, a <laughs> Vietnam veteran in here who is keeping me alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, now you got now you got two. Now you got two. Now I got two. <laughs> he gave me some Red Bull. Right. So you I gave him some Red Bull to start the show. <laughs> I might have risen oh, you to get you another go. can. <laughs> Has he stayed in his chair or is he running around? <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing a little bit of both. Yeah, we'll have cocktails right. later. <laughs> yeah, Bob. So, oh, yeah, so, Bob, so tell it? us, give us an update. What's going on with this? Uh, in, in the Hoosier State. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, I'll, start, I'll start at the top because of the national organization that's based uh, just out of Cincinnati, Ohio, and in northern Kentucky, the DAV National Organization. We had our uh, uh, national uh, convention at the very end of July for the first time in two years. So... Um, that was very meaningful because of COVID and everything else has caused problems. But we probably had over uh, 1,400 people in attendance down in Tampa, Florida. Oh, yeah. 1,400. Right. right. And so the, the, the emphasis um, has been more getting the organization back up and flowing uh, from the, all the quiet times that we've had. Yes. But the key thing is, um, you know, there are certain issues that we take on, whether it's at a, um, uh, a federal government level or whether it's on a local state level, that we want to continue to keep moving forward in the eyes of the, the government bodies that pass these laws and regulations that govern the VA. So that's some of the conversations that have taken place. And then from a DAV perspective, if you just focus on the DAV, we have recently moved into a new facility uh, in Northern Virginia. I mean, Northern, uh, excuse me, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, as you think of organizations growing, um, we have been growing, but the requirements of an organization today is nowhere near what it used to be. We used to have to have our own print shops and uh, marketing, creating marketing material from scratch and those kinds of things. Well, in today's business world, those are outsourced to other organizations that can do 
uh, probably a better job because they're doing it all the time and not just focused once in a while on certain projects. So because of that, we were able to downsize our building to a certain extent, but continue to add people to to, to implement the staff requirements. Okay. So that's just a, at a national level. At a state level, we've done some really, really good things in the state of Indiana, and I was involved in one project where, uh, as you gentlemen probably are aware, um, these clinics, uh, the VA clinics and hospitals, quite often have to transport veterans to and fro. Um, and it's been stymied because of the COVID. And so we had to take on um, buying some new vehicles for those facilities, and the DAV does that uh, all over the state of Indiana and all over the United States. And so a chapter like ourselves in Hammond, Indiana, will raise some of the funds. We will go to the national organization to raise others of the funds. So the example would be these buses that seat about uh, probably eight or ten people. They're very small. They're put on a, uh, a Ford Explorer chassis, and uh, they cost about forty thousand dollars a piece. So the local chapters will gather about fifteen to twenty thousand, and they'll go to the national organization for the remainder. Well, that hasn't. We haven't been able to continue to flow that because some of the funding has dried up for some of those van projects. So the state has had to be creative on their own. So here in northwest Indiana, we have been introduced to an organization that is what's called a grant writer. And so I met with them and talked to them about what our predicament was and what we were requiring. And they went out to the the different grants that they are familiar with and were able to help us find um, the, the half portion of the purchase for two of those vehicles via the grant process to the federal government, or to the state of Indiana, really, and not the federal government. And so consequently, we've been able to keep that moving and have put some new vans in front of the VA in Chicago that they house in northwest Indiana uh, in Crown Point. So even though the pandemic has been going on, we've been able to add to their... uh, to their fleet of vehicles to help the veterans. Bob, Bob let me ask you this, though. Um, <clears throat> you know, the expense of transporting veterans to the clinics and the hospitals, uh, it, it seems as if that expense should lie with the Veterans Administration. Don't they compensate you in any way? or Well, the answer to that you? is your, no, you are absolutely correct. So there's a couple things that take place. <clears throat> um, the VA, we when we get those vehicles, we give them to the VA. They manage that fleet of vehicles. We don't. And so they are providing the service with vehicles that we have, we have handed off to them. They'll, co- they'll come back to us, but they come back to us after they've got about 150,000 miles on them. But they manage the actual drivers, the activities, the um, scheduling, et cetera, et cetera. So the example for us here in, uh, in northwest Indiana uh, we have a clinic in Crown Point, and then the, when I go to the clinic, my general practitioner that I see at the clinic, they tell me, well, you know, well, we looked at this blood test, and we want you to have a, a deeper dive with a specialist. And so they'll schedule me to go to Jesse Brown facility in Chicago mm-hmm. to see.
see a particular specialist. Now, if I drive myself up there, because it's more than 40 miles, Mm -hmm. they will compensate me for my mileage. Okay. Okay. And so, but the other side of the coin is some people can't drive up to Chicago or don't have a vehicle, and they will get one of these the vehicles that we've purchased, get a ride from their community to the clinic in Crown Point. They'll get on a bus, a big bus, mm-hmm. from the clinic and take that to the Jesse Brown facility. It leaves uh, the Crown Point facility at 9 in the morning and returns at leaves Jesse Brown at 3 in the afternoon. So if you're going to an appointment in Chicago and you don't have transportation other than what the VA provides, you're on a bus at 9 in from Crown Point. You return at 3. You've got plenty of time to see your doctors, et cetera, but you spend the entire day. How, how do people you know, register for that? You know, Is there a phone number they call or they have to go online? Yes, um, and I, I'm going to tell you that uh, I, I, the phone number is individual to the clinic. Mm-hmm. So okay. people would call the clinic at Adam Benjamin in uh, Crown Point because that's where they're that's where they see their practitioner, mm-hmm. and then from there, there's a travel desk there, and they will schedule that, whether it's a pickup at your house to the facility or whether it's from the house to, to the bus to the to the Jesse Brown. Those things are all scheduled from a travel desk inside of that organ, inside of the clinic. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there are challenging things sometimes that people run into. Um uh, maybe because of where they live, they don't have the the access to the local bus, et cetera. And so if you tell the provider for your service at Jesse Brown that you don't have a way to get to Jesse Brown to see him on, you know, next Thursday or whatever, mm-hmm. they will do things to make sure you have transportation. Okay. And, and I'll give you an example. Um, somebody I knew got a veteran to call me. And he wasn't around here at all. He was in Texas. And he was two hours, one way, to the VA facility he needed to see. Mm-hmm. And he had a problem with his prosthesis from uh, losing a leg in Vietnam, and he got a new one. And when they put the new one on him, it wasn't the right length. Okay. And so he was in great pain. Yeah. So they had to, that clinic had to get an Uber or some type of vehicle to go two hours from the clinic to his home, pick him up, take him to the clinic for his appointment, and then do the flip side on his way home. Mm. And, the, and the VA does that kind of stuff. I mean, they don't have a big sign out that says that, but they are responsible, just exactly as you phrased it. They are responsible. Yeah, okay. I, um, yeah, I, I thought they were. I, I mean, we live in a metropolitan area. Right, it's easier than easier yeah. for us. But I know my brother is in uh, works for the VA, and he's uh, one of the top administrators. He's a physician also, but I know mm-hmm. he's concerned about all the many clinics. He's in charge of the clinics and the um, hospitals in the nation, and he's telling me how he makes sure that if right. you can't. Uh, if you can't receive the services nearby, that they will pay for your expenses to 
uh, to a clinic or to a uh, hospital or what have you. And that's what I was just uh, concerned about because I, I know he had said that, uh, you know, you're in Montana and you don't have sure. a specialist in, in Montana. Right. You've got to um, get to Helena or wherever. That's right. Um, you yeah. got There's a lot of traveling that's concerned in sure. some of those outlying areas. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they do a good job in that. Right. And But <clears throat> the key thing is communications. Mm-hmm. All right. And you know how sometimes veterans don't want to admit to the fact that they can't do this or can't do that. Right. But on these kinds of things, you got to pick up the phone. You got to call the travel desk. You've got to talk to your provider and explain your situation to the to them. They will help you. Right. Right. But yeah. what about the situation where, uh, let's say that I'm going for, uh, you know, a routine procedure, but something like a colonoscopy, where I may get, you know, a little bit of a sedation, you know, for that. Sure. And they say, well, you can't leave unless you have a ride. Right, right. <laughs> with, this, with this form of transportation, will they uh, cover that as well? Are you able to? Well, I, I'm going to tell you that mm-hmm. I do not have specific knowledge of what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this, mm-hmm. that I believe when they they call an Uber for you and put you in that Uber, that that is providing that type of transportation. Uh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and they know that Uber driver knows exactly where they're taking you, and that has, that's got to happen. Mm-hmm. And you can have an escort with you, I would presume. Uh, yes. You can have Absolutely. someone to go with you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, sure. And yeah. I, you know, I've I've had well because of my situation, my son will drive me up to there and be with me during mm-hmm. an appointment and come back. But it's the same thing. If if we had no transportation, we'd both be in the Uber. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And what right. about an escort going with the person? Like you're mentioning, like a you know uh, the spouse or you sure know, uh, family member. Well, well mm-hmm. let me tell you, during COVID, it was no. Uh, oh, really? But now, yeah, yeah. Yo, oh, yes, sir. Uh, one time my son drove me up to Jesse Brown. He couldn't get out of the car. Mm, uh, he dropped me off at the door. I went in, saw the doctor, came out, met him in the parking lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't let you in. I, right. I went up to Jesse Brown Correct. many times with, with other people, and you couldn't come in. Yeah. Uh, That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, people don't realize the stress and strain that COVID put on systems like the VA. Um it's even just to see your doctor. I mean, the doctors are doing the same things that we hear businesses doing. Uh, those Zoom conference calls went on. I, I talked to several doctors on a Zoom call. You know, and, and it was routine stuff. You know, it wasn't any specialty, specialty or anything like that. And uh, I have sugar diabetes, and that doctor calls me once a month, and we talk on the phone. Okay. Right. So they, they have they have changed their practices and procedures to to develop solutions for the pandemic. And I give them credit. I mean, think about the size of that organization. Think about the dynamic of all those doctors and all those patients, and they've been able to make it work. Well, yeah. It's the largest That's in, right. in the country. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, because, you know, and some of these things may be permanent. Uh, you know the Zoom. Uh, oh, I think so. Yeah. They're, they're here to stay. Permanent, permanent changes. Yeah. 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 Because Let me just, just go, tell you on a local level. Mm-hmm. So we have a chapter in Hammond. All right, our chapter has about a thousand members. We usually have anywhere from uh, seventy-five to one hundred and fifty members when we have a meeting. We also have a board of directors. So when I have a board of directors meeting, we do it on Zoom. Sure. 
Sure. A year ago, they couldn't spell it. <laughs> you know, now they're now they're talking to me. Now they say Z O O M. They right. got it down. That's now. right. So we learned we learned a new word. That's number one. Right. Well, first step is yeah. to learn how to turn on the computer. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. And and one of the guys who was on uh, the phone with us last Thursday uh, was somebody that's a consultant to our board of directors. He's a soccer coach. He was calling us on his smartphone from the soccer field. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so a lot of there things. There are a lot of ways. Right. Just like so many inventions and innovations come from wars, um, <laughs> yep. you know, from radar to you know microwave yep. to everything else, and, and now, and now with the COVID, uh, a lot of uh, changes have been. And some, and, and I think they're going to be good changes, but uh, some people may lose their jobs. Uh, some employers will say, "Look, I don't." I don't need uh, I don't need your services because I can do so many things from Zoom, or you can work from home right. nowadays. So that's it's right. Going to be a brave new world. So, we'll, we'll see what the, happens. Y'all, that there is no doubt about it. Yeah. And and you know, think about some of our older veterans. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, not only could they not spell Zoom, they didn't have a smartphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So now we're yeah, now they're double dipping yeah. into the technology world, right. and I'm amazed at how some of them are really, really coming around. Yeah. Because, it, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, and, and it was, you know, he had to do it. Didn't have a lot of choice. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, Bob, you know, tell me one thing. You know, you, you have an organization, you know, the DAV, so, you right. know, and I'm wondering, uh, you're looking for members. You know, you have a lot of, early, you know, younger members returning, and I know, you know, sure. the American Legion, VFW, mm-hmm. has some problems with getting younger people to come in right. uh, to join. Mm-hmm. So uh, just tell them about your doors being open. You know, you need more volunteers and people helping, right? That's correct. We, we um, you know, one of the things I'll tell you that for, uh, is the mantra for, I believe it's been probably the mantra for a couple of years for the DAV National, but it's even more so today, and that is communication and outreach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's extremely, extremely important. And so you almost have to take a look at your um, your own community and how are you going to go find the people that need this help, that have never sought this help, and, and, and what happens. And I'm going to give you an example. Friday evening, I was contacted, you know, probably four or five months ago. And it was a church. And the church says, we want to pay honor to veterans. And we are going to have a concert uh, on the lawn of our church. And we would like to honor your veterans. And I said, well, since I'm responsible for a good, um, I'm on the board of directors for the state. So I kind of oversee some of the chapters up in northwest Indiana as a quasi-situation. And so I said, look, we have four chap- three chapters that are very, very close to your ch- relatively close to your church. I said, you know, we could participate. So the process started. Friday night, there were 1,000 people sitting in the front lawn of this church. They had two local, 1,000. They had two local bands that provided a concert between the setups of the two bands they brought a series of veterans up on stage and introduced them by era. So mm-hmm. we uh, we had a World War II veteran, which took a few minutes to get up the stairs. Mm-hmm. We had a Vietnam veteran. We had veterans from Korea. We had veterans from um, Iraq and Afghanistan okay. come up and be representatives of 
their time in the service. And also there were, you know, information tables and things like that set up. So the people from the local uh, vet center that's affiliated with the, uh, the clinic in, in Crown Point, they were there talking about things they can do from a vet center perspective to help guys with PTSD as outpatients. They also had the local chapter that was part of the Crown Point area set up a tabletop uh, and discuss, you know, the benefits of coming and joining the DAV. And so anybody who was there that wanted to talk to people about joining the DAV, the local chapter was there to have that discussion. We also had people there from um, the Honor Flight to talk about the, the the veterans that would want to go to Washington, D.C. on the honor flight. So it was an information seminar, plus a, a time to get acquainted, plus a time to honor veterans. It was a fantastic thing. Yeah. And yeah, it was church, done because church. the church said, we want to help veterans. Yeah. Wow. You know, and you know, if you if you ever need another era, you know, my wife thinks I came from the Civil War era. That's what. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I can always come in the lineup. And <laughs> sure, but <laughs> well, I got a couple of friends that I know who were with Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, I just know that they were with the Rough Riders. So, uh, yeah, I understand. Of San Juan Hill, huh? That's right, San Juan Hill. <laughs> Well, that's great. You're at church, and you didn't have to have the Doobie Brothers or anybody like that to have that kind <laughs> no. of turnout. Huh? Right, right. <laughs> no, excellent. There were there were local there were local bands that people knew of and yeah. heard of, and they came out and and it was I, it was just a warm. The temperature was warm, yes, but the feeling and the friendship and the camaraderie that was there for that community to pay respect to the military. It's just a wonderful thing. Do you have a website or a phone number people can uh, get to, you know, for the DAV? Uh, for sure. Uh-huh. Well, for a couple things. Um, our chapter is in Hammond. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, It's Chapter 17. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the website off the top of my head, but any of them, anybody can call me. Okay. Uh, and it's 219, area code 219 for Northwest Indiana. Mm-hmm. And then it's 629 Great. And okay. and where we're located is in Hammond. If you take a look at a map, Hammond runs right alongside of uh, Illinois. The state line is one block from where our, our meetings is held. So uh-huh. we okay. do have a lot of Illinois members. You know the Horseshoe Casino? Well, listen, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you spend a lot of money there? Yeah, I'm always crying when I leave there. <laughs> That's right. We don't want to plug those guys. I'm telling you right now. Come come to our chapter. You can you, we can show you how to spend some money if you like. <laughs> the right way, huh? That's exactly correct. Exactly correct. But you're not too far from there, though. <laughs> no, but it's very close. And and um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the, the southeast side of Chicago. Um, there there was in the Vietnam era a very large contingency of young men that either enlisted or drafted from that area. One particular Catholic church had 44 young men die mm. in Vietnam. Mm. Mm. And that uh, that veteran organization from that community is extremely strong. Some of them are members of our chapter, yeah. uh, and they're the members, they're the guys that started that Welcome Home Vietnam Veterans in the early 80s. Mm. 
Oh, wow. Not the, not the parade. They had, uh, they had downtown that parade. Chicago. Yep. Yeah, parade. That yeah. is correct. Wow. And it was their idea. They they yeah. started. Certainly they had no yeah. idea it was going to okay. be as big as it is and all sure. that stuff. Sure. But right. that sparked because of those guys that died in their community. Yeah, see, those deaths and things. And, and you know, now we are, we're honoring those veterans and the Gold Star families that just created, you know, the 13 veterans who died right. overseas. right. And, Eighteen right. injured, so we don't even know what the total casual, you know, the total toll. That's would right. Be. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. And, and and here in our area, we had uh, uh, the Na- the National Guard in uh, 2012 had a very tragic uh, deployment where they uh, 93 guys departed. They mm-hmm. went to Afghan uh, Iraq, no uh, Afghanistan. 93 went. They had two different incidents, uh, and six were killed. Mm. And so we affectionately call that group of six the Sapper Six because they're combat engineers. Combat engineers. And on, yep. And and uh, yeah, they weren't even infantry guys. These are okay. And we're out of time now. I have my my uh, my. Fearless leader over here, <laughs> our executive producer, think, Glenda Smith. Bob you, you knows know her. her. <laughs> you know her, how she is, Bob, right? Um, yes, I, I, I definitely know how she is. You do not have to and give me any more explanation. You guys That's are just right. too much. I mean, seriously, love you all. Yeah, I got my Vietnam veteran back me up over yeah, here. Today. I got your back, brother. <laughs> Bob does too, right? Yes. Uh, on behalf of America's Heroes uh, Group, today's show is dedicated to the 13 uh, U.S. service members that was killed in Kabul, along with the others that were injured. Um, we extend our deepest condolences to the family members uh, because a loss can never be <laughs> replaced. So we, the people of America, let's please understand what it means when the U.S. servicemen, service members, past, I should say present and future, past veterans who have laced the boots, put on the boots and go to serve this country while we rest in peace. We become jaded. Let's remember truly what that sacrifice looked like because we saw it the other day. I'm trying not to become emotional, but how can you not? How can you not? Because those people will never come home again to their family members. So let's not take it for granted as we, as we respect as we honor, as we celebrate veterans, past and present, as we honor and celebrate U.S. service members, present and future, let's remember why we have freedom like we have it, because they stand the line by air, by land, and by sea. Mm-hmm. America's Heroes Group honors the mm-hmm. U.S. service members. Yeah, and one of them was expecting a child. Don't uh, make me cry, please. And, and uh, you know, I, I just want those families to know that all service members – you have family members in every nationality and uh, that you can imagine that are now, you know, they're still part of your family. And just know that the service members are here for you as a Gold Star family and as a Blue Star family. We are here to, to uh, do and support you in any way we can. That's what this whole show is about. It's about you and the honor that your family members have brought to this country. Have a blessed weekend, America's Heroes Group. Okay. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.